0: I'm going to call this program Coffee Talkie. So I just need you to say, Mr. Dana presents Coffee Talkie. Mr. Dana presents Coffee Talkie. Perfect. Hmm. Get a little crazy on you for a second. Sarah Muga. You have one of those last names. It's like my last name is Troyer. Sure. That you have to say over and over and over again and kind of get used to it. It's here already Saramuga Steve Saramuga you what, you what what nationality is that it's a uh, Czech is it yep. Czech Ukrainian yeah Czech
1: Czechoslovakian cool where'd you grow up uh, I grew up on the Hadley side of Greenville because I had a Greenville address, but I graduated from Commodore Perry. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew Hadley a bit better than I did Greenville, but
0: when'd you graduate?
1: Oh geez. It was 12 years ago or so. It was 2011. So, okay. 13 years
0: ago. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So Commodore Perry school. I didn't, I, we, when I was a kid, um, I ran track and I remember Commodore Perry. And if I remember them right correctly, the track was kind of down in was it down in a
1: um yeah a bit it was it was behind the school and yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah a bit down in a... and there
0: were houses around it
1: not now but maybe but there,
0: maybe <laughs> but, but where there used to be maybe i'm not yeah I'm okay not sure. you're not sure <laughs> i'm enough older than you i don't know why i we just started having conversations like this and then things start popping in my head i haven't thought about commodore perry in a long time mm-hmm. um i mean they're on yeah i see them on sports stuff and whatever. But I haven't been over in that area in a while. That's cool. I love this area. I just moved out here to transfer. Um, I used to make the drive out, uh, across out Stoneboro and Sandy Lake, that area too. I just absolutely love. Yep. So you're in real estate also.
1: Yep. Yeah. For about Jesus been close to three years now. Yeah. I got into it. absolutely love it. Um, you know, I had, I got married, had a kid and, uh, I saw a lot of, a lot of parents that weren't able to attend their kids things because of how demanding the economy is right now you just got to work you know Mm -hmm. and uh you know i saw real estate kind of gives you the flexibility you can work hard but when you want to
0: right so you you set your own schedule
1: yeah you know pretty much
0: i kind of that's kind of where i've been the last 10 15 years about 10 years of my life has been working Completely and totally independently. And it's yeah. just for that reason alone that I can pretty much set my own schedule. Yeah, it's amazing. How's the real estate market right now? Oh, it's uh Everybody says that you put something, you put a sign out and you sell it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was like that for basically since COVID. It's been, they call it a seller's market, you know, where things go into multiple offers. You know, there's many offers on one property. Things are going above asking price you know, is, is it wonky. It's, it's settling now. Mm-hmm. It
0: is, it's, it's coming back down.
1: It's not totally even, but it's getting there.
0: Are you doing, um, do you do primarily residential? Do you do commercial? Do you do both? I actually do both. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like it. So,
1: uh, residential is, I don't want to say easier, but it, you can get a deal done in a, a lot faster, a lot shorter amount of time. Commercial is, is a very, you know, it takes months and months. I was
0: going to say, yeah, Uh, well, residential, you're always dealing with emotion. So people are excited and Mm -hmm. that motivates them. Yep. Whereas commercial. Yeah. And especially if you're dealing it. So how much of it, as far as real estate is, or uh, commercial real estate is is going is local or regional companies buying it up as opposed to national and international companies geez so
1: just from personal experience which i guess would be any, Man, that's just yeah, yeah i from, mean there's no personal experience yeah it's it's definitely like right now um i'm getting a deal together where these it's a company from california trying to buy some land here so you know um but i think I think it's definitely both. Like you see if you just drive down Greenville, you'll see um, Stephs is for sale. Mm-hmm. And uh, I doubt there will be a regional like or like a bigger company that'll come in and buy that. That'll probably be somebody local. so right. that that's considered commercial. So
0: do you, you know. see a need to perhaps promote or advertise outside of our region to bring some new blood and some talent into the area?
1: uh yeah yeah i i actually do um you know as soon as you become a realtor i don't know if anybody's interested in it but if you put if you put your if you put your email out there then you just get flooded with people trying to get you to buy ad space in magazines Mm -hmm. and i'm serious like you know in magazines and even on uh there's some local tv stations that are out of town and stuff like that that they try to get you to buy so um you know, and you, you really have to weigh the cost, and you know, talk to your broker, talk to people who know what they're know what they're doing, and sometimes it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, so and, and I
0: that. just I remember. So there, for a period of time, I lived in Huntsville, Alabama, which is one of America's best kept secrets. Um, high, high per capita. Uh, very uh, military town. Um, every kind of military contractor, and of course NASA's there. That's mm-hmm. where the whole rocket oh, I, program. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. that's is that's what i was, It's yeah. it's where space camp started i mean they have a saturn V. that's where werner von braun which is becoming more and more of a popular name nowadays because Mm -hmm. everything has started to come out about him but he was a nazi that we captured (laughs) and he built the rocket program for nasa and that's where he ended up was in huntsville um and all these germans it's wild you're living in northern alabama and at one time there was six really really predominant german restaurants Uh, There's like two now, but interesting, interesting town. But my point being is it has all this money. It has high per capita. It's kind of under the radar. And yet they were always aggressively um, looking outside the area and encouraging people to come to the area. And it was, I mean, it was everything from major industry down to mom and pop shops like Steph's. Mm You know, and that's one of the things that I'm wondering if we shouldn't be even trying. And I, I'd love to see. Franklin has done a terrific job of cultivating some talent and some money into their area and keeping it there. Yep. And I look at towns like Greenville that are just on the cusp yep. of being able to do that. Yep. I keep saying Greenville is one really nice public brewery and a winery away yep. from really turning a corner. Yep.
1: Yeah yeah i totally 100 percent agree in fact i think that you can see like as evidence of that just look at jamestown yeah the way mortals and old lago now it's uh, gatehouse winery and and then you go being in real estate you can see this firsthand because those places are directly affecting it directly affecting the way that people want to be around in that area and then you know, a short drive away from there is Stable Winery. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've been there. Very, very. I cool haven't. Place.
0: It just again, I've just from what I've seen, it's it's on my short list of places mm-hmm. to go.
1: I mean, you can basically drive all around, all completely around Pima Tuning, and you find beautiful, like high end places that are worth being in the area for. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter Allen Inn mm-hmm. is another one. And, yes. You know, and then, um, you know, I have really good friends who are building up, uh, Kinsmen you know really well they they own the good intentions restaurant they're doing a great job they just opened a pizzeria around there and it's amazing and it's just you could see you know people start investing into the community you know and uh, you could just see it and i see it effect- like directly affecting the real estate in the area how you know these places are just they make people want to be here and it's it's amazing and you're right Greenville they're right there they're just one it's right there it's right there we need one really good restaurant really good brewery you know something along the lines of entertainment and I think that people will want to start investing in the area again Mm -hmm. you know I I really think that
0: yeah and you know there are a bunch of senior citizens in Greenville that have made you know, um, beautifying and bringing some things back, whether it be, you know, River, Riverside park, yeah, uh, that are active in the school systems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it takes that. It takes all kinds of people and you can't just, you can't just have the intentions of a do-gooder. You got to get out there and yeah. get a little dirty and, you know, volunteer and offer your talents any way you can. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I really wanted to have this conversation with you. And, and it, you, are hitting on all the points is um pima Tuming is an absolute treasure it's a gem to western pennsylvania yeah and the other reason being here is of course because you're a local musician mm-hmm. and that's one of the areas that i'm watching and i can see just like you can and we're coming at it from two different well you're coming at it as an entertainer i'm coming at it from an entertainment promotional entertainment standpoint but you're also a real estate person that sees these trends and these are things that I'd like to talk about a little more. Some of the positive things that are going on here in the area, but you see it the way I do. And that is, um, yeah, like some nice restaurants, some really cool little boutique places, but there's also stages that are being built, Yes, you know, and there's entertainment that is coming mm-hmm. to the area mm-hmm. and, uh, there's a lot and, and that is in especially that is so, so important. And you know, to to an area, Mm -hmm. uh, a region's vitality, Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, and you're one of those individuals with your music projects that I see popping up all over the place. So, and that's one of that's how I've kind of learned more and more about Pima When you've got a beautiful day, folks, you get in the car, you go out there, Mm -hmm. and you just go for a drive. Now, everybody kind of knows. I think the anchor right now for us on this side of the lake of course is mortal's key and gatehouse winery. Yeah. Um, gatehouse winery has been under a couple of different ownerships. Now the new one, but the, the nice thing about that is, is that every time, and it hasn't been for lack of success, the place has done really, really well out there. Um, but with each new owner that has come in there, it they seem to have, um, uh, really improved upon Mm -hmm. their portion of that property. Um, so well, let's start off, first of all, I, I've met you watching um, the Memphis Honey Blues Band. Oh, cool. And what is what I like about your band, and I caught on right out of the gate, you're definitely a band, but you guys kind of have this, um, this is my complete interpretation, and we'll see if I'm right or wrong. But you guys are almost like a a workshop. You're a working workshop. I think you've got a couple of musicians that come in and out with you. Mm-hmm. But I could tell by your arrangements and stuff. It's not just stuff that you're winging and trying to play because you guys play so well on stage. You're yeah. actually trying to constantly work mm-hmm. this project. Yeah. Am I right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, right now, there's we're, we try to keep it about a seven-piece band. Mm-hmm. So we try to get two horns. Um it, it, we don't even care about the horns we've we've ended up with uh, like a trumpet and a trombone We've ended up with a saxophone and a trumpet, a saxophone and a trombone well, and that's what I love like, because yeah.
0: the half a dozen or so times that I've seen you guys it's mm-hmm. like it's always a different combo yeah and I love that that's a treat
1: yeah yeah we I think that there's a certain skill that we look for in our musicians that they just open their ears you know and you can be a really 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 high caliber musician and there are many in our area that I have nothing but praise for um and you you can be a really high caliber musician and you still prioritize you know having a structure and having a lot of rehearsals and stuff like that and uh that's kind of we as as much as I love that and I've been in bands like that and I can't say enough good things about them we're kind of moving in a different direction where we do know a lot of really, really talented musicians. And number one, it's really hard to keep the same seven people available when we need them. Right. And especially because we, especially when you're a high quality musician, because basically every Friday and Saturday night, people want you. You know, so um, we've kind of collaborated with a lot of really high quality musicians. And then if somebody's unable to make a show, instead of saying, well, we can't do it, we're like, well, why don't we give another one of our good friends and musicians an opportunity to play? You know, with us. And um, it seems like everybody has a really, a really great time. I mean, I've had, I haven't had any negative um, comments from the musicians that we play with about the band. They all are like, we've had so much fun. Please let me know when you guys want me again, you know? Yeah. Which is what we want. We just I want, think that's awesome. Yeah, we just we want to collaborate with the best people that we know. And it's like, and then also the musicians who, even if they want a day off, like mm-hmm. they know that there's going to be another high quality musician that's going to come in and cover for them and have a great time. So that's kind of what we're moving for. You know, that's... that's
0: I think that's awesome. So yeah. I come, the and again, I was never, a union musician, but I come from the tail end of. I had a lot of friends in this uh, when the unions were still um, very, very active. Um, and I, I don't know how much of this you would know. give you a little history lesson. But back in the day, everybody used to join the music union, especially mm-hmm. if you wanted to play I've heard about that. Clubs, yeah. and um, the Shenanga Valley, especially through Mark's Music. Yeah. I mean, had a really had a stable. Of musicians, Mm -hmm. And back in those days, too, a lot of bands were almost like show bands. You know, you can get guitar players, you get bass players, you get things like that. But there were a lot of horn players. And these guys, when you sit and start talking to them and having stories about them, uh, hearing stories with them, um, it was amazing the people that they played with. Because it used to be back in the day that a lot of musicians just traveled with basically a conductor and with charts, maybe a piano, you know, a pianist um and they would come to a small town and or they'd come to any town and that town had a band and an orchestra waiting for them on stage Mm -hmm. and that still goes on some places and in bigger cities but that was kind of what um this whole area used to be like and if you had a gig especially if it was a union gig and you couldn't make it then you had to call the union the union would send somebody out that knew that band's stuff Mm -hmm. and So, number one, it was a little more cutthroat for the dollar. It wasn't necessarily as creative. Mm -hmm. But it was cool because there were a lot of musicians that were working and collaborating and working together. And the fact that you're kind of doing that and you see a a need and you're using your talents and your abilities to create that kind of an atmosphere. I can, man, that just, kudos. I think that's terrific.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. You know, And it shows the band. The band's fun. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we go for. There's a lot of. A lot of bands that kind of, they get their gig and then they stand on stage, legs straight.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I don't, I'm i not even picking on them because no, you know, but they're that, great
0: musicians. That so. is the hardest thing in the world to overcome. It is. And it yeah. is. It is. You could be the greatest player in the world, yeah. but to finally, to find your physical voice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, just, it's not just the music you make, but mm-hmm. finding the physical way of being. A, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to jump all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right. it is. It's so important in making that connection. It's one of the cool things that I'm hoping to be able to do with a room like this. And what we're kind of doing here is to give people an opportunity to, to another way to stretch um, those kind of muscles. And that's a put it in an intimate, a safe environment with people that are there to cheer you on. Have a small, intimate office or uh, audience, and um, hopefully have bands and musicians and things like that be able to work on connecting.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd love
0: it. You know, so, so what's up? So, g- give me a rundown on your projects. I know we were just talking, and I had apologized to you that I didn't deep dive. I pay attention to everybody and what's going on. You guys just did a live recording. Um, so, yeah, chat. What, what's up with that? Sure. Well, uh,
1: so the blues band, Memphis Honey, just, this would have been oh, late August, I think. We ended up playing at this really, really cool club in Akron called Blue Jazz. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was it's basically for blues and jazz lovers because there's not a lot of blues clubs left. Right. You know, that's probably the closest one. Maybe Moondogs. I've mm-hmm. been to Moondogs. In Pittsburgh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. been there forever. Yeah, very cool place, you yeah. know. And um, so whenever you get invited to come play places like that, we just like to make a thing of it. And um, so we went down there. The place was it was totally cool. Um, it was pretty much full of people who really wanted to hear some live blues. Because I think that they actually prioritized jazz bands there, which is that's awesome. I'm a huge jazz lover. But um, you know, we finally got to play down there. And um, we found out that the uh, board that they were using had individual mixes on channels. So we just recorded the whole thing. And it recorded channel to channel. We ended up sending it to our drummer, Kurt McNaught, who mm-hmm. m- he uh, mixes and masters stuff, and he did such a good job. Um, we're going to put the whole album together. It's probably going to take a while because we, we're picky about what we want to good sound Good for like. you. That's, yeah. yeah.
0: But you're crafting it.
1: <laughs> it is. If you want to hear a snippet, um, go on our Facebook page, Memphis Honey Blues Band, and then um, we have some posts. Just scroll down a little bit, and you'll see some snippets of what that's going to sound like. I, I like it a lot. I think it's really fun to listen to it.
0: You know, when I when I saw that and I tucked it away, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. Um, what. Uh, now, what other projects are you doing besides the Memphis Honey Blues Band?
1: Yeah, I get I get picked on a lot because um, people they say, how many freaking bands are you in? You know, and stuff like that. I think what ends up happening is I've, I. Maybe we should back up a little bit. So I lived in I lived in Arizona. For about five years and um that's, what, that's, what part of arizona i lived in a town called pine top pine
0: top which is near
1: it's like right on the new mexico border right okay. in the middle of the state right on the new mexico
0: border yeah because i'm kind of i i've got a vein of friends in the phoenix area oh okay yeah yeah
1: it's pretty far from phoenix like four hours okay but um i've been you know i love phoenix i've been there so anyways i lived out there and um they had a pretty big live music scene it was they did a a really good job the the issue that i saw living there for a long time and that's where i started being a professional musician um, the musicians hated each other they were so overly competitive And it affected the live music scene a Mm -hmm. lot negatively. Yeah. Um, I did not like it. I think there was one person there who would put, you know, she would like put a list of where the bands are playing. But, you know, just going around town, you would just hear people say, especially the musicians, they were saying bad things about the other bands. And when I would go listen to them, I'm like... What are they talking about? This band is phenomenal, you know, but it was just so spiteful.
0: Petty. It was petty. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it was. And it was brutal to try to break into the system. People were mad at you for playing with these certain musicians. And, you know, they, you know, or like if you had three or four different offers to play with a band one day, you knew somebody was going to be mad, you know? And um, that's just breaking the iceberg of how it was. Now, I still had fun. I was still able to play with a bunch of people, and the talent out there is absolutely phenomenal. But whenever I moved out here, I noticed that the – and I don't know. I could be wrong, but whenever I first moved back here, I noticed that there was a very, very limited amount of venues This would have been, I don't know, seven years ago or five years ago. You're right on the money. No. This
0: has been one of my constant. Yeah. It's like, what happened? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There there was such a limited number of venues, but I noticed that the musicians really wanted to get along. Everybody, for the most part, everybody really does get along here. And um, I started playing with a a few musician friends. We got a little trio together. And then, um, but... I've tried to focus on supporting live music in general, rather than just my band, you know? And I noticed other bands, including you, like you were doing that in general. And just instead of trying to support just the people that you like, or just, you know, we were supporting live music as an entirety Mm -hmm. and supporting my fellow musicians and stuff like that. And I've seen it blow up 10 times. How many more venues are there to play at now than there were seven years ago? It's
0: incredible. It's and I, It's astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I want to do nothing but just encourage that to continue. Me too. Beale yeah. um, Park is a fine example. When they first started that concert series out there, yeah. it was always well attended, but it was well attended. Yeah. Now they're justifying two and three nights a week, yeah. and the place is slammed, yeah. and it's growing. hmm you know it, it had a reputation for a long time and only the old folks go out there and sit in their chairs mm-hmm. where it's now becoming a true uh community event um and, and and the riverside park up in greenville is is doing its thing and yeah. we have thanks to you by the way well me not no yes um, i mean i'm a part of that but again it goes back to these people that are just i mean busting their butts and figuring out ways of finding money and Uh, community people standing up and and giving donations and helping and company it's just it's an ongoing process that i'm i i'm kind of the guy that they bring in and i will kind of talk about what the vision is and most people have been very very receptive and helping but there's a lot of other people that are doing a whole lot of hard work Mm -hmm. we're we're already talking about next year um and coming up with some cool ideas one of the things that i do uh want to stress with these local parks and local stages is it's um it's really easy to get caught up in the idea of bringing in all kinds of outside um entertainment and big groups which we've done now and i want to continue to do that but it's so important to support local musicians local bands um it's important i mean Come on, how often do you get an opportunity? That's that's one of the best parts about being in a band or being in um, this business is getting to go play all kinds of different venues and yeah. figuring out how you sound in that environment and mm-hmm. what you can bring to it. And, you know, here we've done it once. What can we do the next time that we go? I mean, that's all part of the process. And especially the nice thing about Riverside Park that's it, it's cool is, is we can't charge there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it just set up that way. Yeah. So that allows us to really be, um, you know, do what's best for the community and to continue to encourage, um, you know, not only bringing in a big act, but encourage the local bands to come out and, 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 and most of the time introducing them to an audience that would normally not get to see them. Yep. Yep. Um, no there are a lot of stages my so the other podcast that we're doing this go go bungalow radio show i don't know if i told you that we're kind of calling this the go go bungalow mm-hmm, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy simply ed who has a phenomenal background in entertainment mostly in youngstown and warren but um we talk about that all the time because we're at that age now that uh god i remember back when you know, there used to be this place and that place. And yeah. there were so many stages. Youngstown was a juggernaut of amazing entertainment because we were situated right between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Weeknights in Youngstown were stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, Patty Benatar was here all the time. These are the kind of things you'd see oh. on, on marquees because her drummer was from Youngstown. Yeah. Um, Oh, got it. Now his, his name, I, I always like to try and impress people and start dropping names, now I can't think of his name. Um, but anyway, there were a bunch of groups like that. Chrissy Hine and the Pretenders were here all the time. Wow. Uh, the Ramones, one of their sound companies was based out of Youngstown, Jam yeah. Sound. And so um, you think of those kind of, but then, you uh, you know, Kiss, I mean, Kiss through the 70s when they were coming up, that was, a, that was a regular, I mean, on a Thursday night, you'd see them, you know, listed at such and such theater. Wow. It was amazing. And then you'd come over here into Western Pennsylvania and we would just start naming, going go down 18 and start saying, well, you know, that was the mark and they had entertainment, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The Clark House used to have entertainment Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Then there's Domenico's and Hermitage. It, you just go everywhere and everybody had a stage and everybody had that kind of crowd is gone. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be at this particular juncture of our lives. Yeah. However, what has stepped up now are these more. Family-oriented wineries, breweries, yeah. places like a community parks. New Wilmington just built mm-hmm. a community park.
1: Yeah,
0: I saw that. Yeah. Um, with an amphitheater. Mm-hmm. And this is just so lip and encouraging. And, yeah. again, it's people like you and creating an environment like this where people want to play together. It does nothing but encourage our kids. Yeah. yes. Sir. Because that's missing. They're not getting it in their school anymore. Yeah. Oh man. So anyway, we were talking about all your various projects and we've, oh, sure. we've got your background <laughs> and, and you're dead on the money. So, cause you do go out and play solo. Yeah. You go out and play with, um, col- um, the Randalls, the Randalls. Think,
1: yeah. Um, well, yeah. So I guess moving back into that, um, I noticed whenever I moved back here, it seemed like the more you supported the community, the more you supported other musicians as an, in, as an entire, um, It seemed like live music grew and that helped that helped me that helped the people that I like to be around and stuff so um I just started there's so many I am so blessed because I am completely surrounded by these amazingly talented musicians and just picking three or just picking four to just play with every weekend is not fair to me it's not fair to the musicians I'm playing with so, like, and we just, got, I guess we did get a little carried away with just putting
0: projects together and calling them new names and stuff like that. And, and I, so back in the day, back in the 90s, Mac Shank. Oh, yeah. Was notorious for that. Was he? Yeah, he would book, because he, he, he was booking, um, well, Seafood Express, Hot Rod Cafe, a lot of the entertainment down there. And uh, Max would, I mean, he, and it was the best part of them putting flyers up every week. And you'd yeah. look to see, and you had to be Max Shang. My favorite was always Va- Max Shang and the Vampire Eradicators.
1: <laughs> I'll you bring that up to him. That's funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was just awesome. He would always come up with the best names. And his name wasn't always in it. You just mm-hmm. never knew it. And Max is, uh, he's, he, it, my God. Yeah. I remember him when he used to play with uh, the band. Uh, oh, I can't remember their name. But anyway, I because I was in high school, she was my music teacher, and that was at Schuster's Steakhouse. I don't know if you've ever, you ever get in your way. This was over on uh, the Brookfield Sharon border, and it was this nice little steak place and yeah. everything. It had a lounge act, and mm-hmm. Max was a kid and was playing <laughs> with that band. But he's one of the, but you know, I guess I if I had to go out on a and 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 actually verbally commit to it. Um, as far as the Shenanga Valley, the Penn Ohio area, he's the goat he when is. it comes to his you can't guitar players. All. Yeah, he's he is all. by far. I'm always careful because I don't want to offend anybody else whatsoever. Nobody's offended; they're
1: just ignoring facts. If they're offended, he's
0: <laughs> just incredible. Yeah. He's another one of those human beings who is music embodied in human form. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. that's
1: absolutely true. He's you know, and if you haven't seen him, please go. Go out and see him, and you'll see a piece of this local history.
0: And because of Max's vision, I, I like the fact that we're chatting about Max. I'd like to have him here someday. Oh yeah. Um, but m- because of Max, I mean, personal experiences like I got to see uh, Derek Trucks is yeah. like a 12, 13, 14 year old. Oh, yeah, you are. You're wearing Tedeschi <laughs> Trucks. Cool. I got to see him as a little kid when the guitar was way too big for him. Yeah. He put his guitar, his ball cap on backwards, played down at three by the river. Yeah. And it was because of Max, because Max had the foresight. I mean, he was always booking some really great stuff. Not to mention, too, he's a true um, uh, appreciation. I don't know what the word is. I I can't think of a word big enough that I want to use. But <laughs> he, he is um, the blues. Yeah. He gets it.
1: Yep. Yes, he does. He was just. We played. Um, Memphis Honey just played at uh, Mortal's Key last Sunday. Yeah, and we were.
0: I was doing my darnest to get out. Oh, that's all right. But Max
1: Max was there, and he he had nothing but kind words to say. You know, and that, the it it just means so much coming from him because he doesn't. If you do know him, he doesn't just talk out of his behind. If he no. says something, he means it. You
0: know? No. Yeah. If so, he says anything, he means it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that was that was.
0: He's a good dude. Yeah. I, like I catch him a couple times a year. Anytime, last time I caught him, he was out playing at uh, Jefferson on the Lake. Oh yeah, the retirement village out there, mm-hmm. and it was terrific. Yeah, he was having such a good time. With the his people trio, were enjoying yeah. it. Uh, he and I think was it uh, Bart, the harmonica player. Oh yeah, I yeah. think it. I think it was the two of them, if yeah. I remember correctly. But that was great. Yeah. But you know, Max is so good at going out and oh yeah, making everybody feel important. Yeah, and is. special. <laughs> He's a good dude. So what's up for the winter? What 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 goes on? Um, I was looking, I, I did look last evening, and you don't have a lot of stuff posted right now, but I'm sure there's uh, some dates on that calendar of yours. Yeah,
1: we're playing at, um, we got a gig at the 618 in Conneaut Lake, which is January 13th. Do you mind if I check real quick? <laughs> no, please do. Yeah, it's, I think it's January 13th. We're supposed to be at um, Tavern 618, which is in Conneaut Lake, right on the lake. Mm-hmm. I have the 13th. Yep, Saturday the 13th. And we're there i think nine to midnight so we're going to try to bring out our dancing tunes for that cool yeah we're going to have the full seven piece band there it'll be a really good time i think okay
0: all Um, right i'm going to put that on the calendar cool
1: yeah and um typically uh i I get personally i get a little bit burnout after the summer because you know we play and i'm serious me and my friends we play up to five times a week every week all summer you know and then um I try to calm down a little bit in the winter. I coach wrestling mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the, I'd like to take a break and where do you coach wrestling at? Commodore Perry. Okay. Yeah. So I got to make some time for stuff like that. But, um, you know, yeah, we're usually by the time winter ends, by the time February rolls around, we have a full summer schedule. So please keep your eye out. Anybody who's listening in you, Dana, keep, keep an eye out on where we're playing. Not just us, but everybody. Yeah. I know, see
0: where, I, so I got to go there. Um, I, With me in a 40 plus year radio career, I've done a little bit of everything and I've board off. I don't know how many times for different radio stations board offing mean you're doing some sort of outside programming Mm -hmm. and they bring you in to handle, you know, so the sports would be a perfect example of that and the joy that listening to. Wrestling on the radio oh, has yeah. brought me over the years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just as good as a Mad Magazine. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? For yeah, two and people. And if you're really, really skilled at it and at a really good announcer, because I, I can't do it, and I, and anything that I would say is just going to sound wrong and perverted, and it would be a cheap joke. <laughs> but I'll just let it to your own imagination. If you've never listened to wrestling before, yeah. it is absolutely it is so much fun. Yeah. and it's just as hysterical yeah and Fuck. i mean no disrespect i totally respect the sport yeah but from a radio perspective it ain't like basketball it ain't like football <laughs> it just makes me laugh yeah I, uh,
1: there is something about it too. yeah yeah it's something that should it should be watched yeah it shouldn't be listened it to it shouldn't but... be listened to on the radio <laughs> You know, (laughs) it's still cool. People do it. And a lot of people listen, you know, one of my, one of my best friends and the, he's the head coach at Commodore Perry. Now Kevin drew. He did, um, radio broadcasting for wrestling for a, a, a while. I think it was four or five years. And, um, He was showing me some of the numbers that the radio was able to pull in. I
0: was—it's amazing, just for wrestling, yeah. Yes,
1: especially the bigger ones, like whenever if Greenville wrestles Reynolds, or you know, if two people have really good teams with good followings and they wrestle each other, it's incredible the amount of numbers that they pull in. And you know, it's cool. It's cool to see the community come together for stuff like that. And um,
0: I came from a school that didn't have a wrestling program, Mm -hmm. West Middlesex. And again, I'm a lot older. I graduated in 1980. But we wrestled, you know, they they tried, and there was a little bit in gym class and that kind of a thing, but it wasn't there. But we'd always heard about, you know, Reynolds and Greenville, and we heard about this area. And then, doggone it, there were people always showing up in the newspaper about it. Mm -hmm. So you knew there was something. And as I got older and I became, man, I'll tell you, I did not even begin to realize the, the massive um influence that mm-hmm. this area has had nationally. Yeah. Not just in the state of Pennsylvania. But yeah. I mean there's been and I can't again, I can't quote names and stuff, but I just man, my hat's off to this whole area and the wrestling programs yeah. and people that do it.
1: Yeah. It's we're like um,
0: you know, Pennsylvania or
1: even Western Pennsylvania wrestling is pretty equivalent to like Louisiana football. That's it, I
0: was just thinking the same, you know, like Southern football. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It really is. It's like that, um, you know, if if you ask any major wrestling fan you know top three um best wrestling states pennsylvania it will always be up there you know it's and it, it was cool to grow up you know in in that yeah. kind of era because now it's become a lot more um acceptable and and loved nationally where almost every state has really really good teams now but you know 12 years ago when i was wrestling it was basically just pa dominating and they actually had tournaments um they had the uh the there was oh, what was the name of that the dapper dan they had a dapper oh, dan yeah, the yeah, dapper yeah. dan tournament where it was literally a team of the best pennsylvania kids and they would wrestle the top rated nationally ranked kids and it was close sometimes pennsylvania would win you know mm-hmm. i mean and obviously and if you if you ever look at national rankings there's always a, a pennsylvania wrestler top 2 top 3 you know so like it's just cool to be in there and you're right there's a lot of people that don't really follow that but right wrestling isn't really it's not a money-making sport like basketball and hockey and all those other so
0: it is for local radio it is sure it yeah. is it at least it was i mean for the longest time um well, steve this has just been a complete pleasure i've, I've wanted to have you to come over to see the room you're one of the first people that i've had over first musician really uh well you and mitch littler um, just to see what's kind of going on over here, and then I've kind of given you the backstory as to what we're doing with the Go Go Bungalow Radio Show. We're gonna try and take it out live, and you guys with Memphis honey, would be a perfect, um, it'd be a perfect combination. I'd, I'm gonna work on that, please, uh, yeah. with your blessing, and uh, see if we can't combine forces and. Uh, Make this happen some afternoon somewhere here yeah. in the not too distant future, yeah. and we're starting off small. So I mean, this is the perfect time of the year to do it. Find a cool, intimate setting somewhere. Um, yeah, Mortal's Key or Gatehouse. I'm thinking of you right now, out of the gate. <laughs> My buddy Ed is already working on a couple places in Youngstown, yeah. and um, but I, I think this would be fun. This would be a perfect combination, and uh, I, I just I appreciate your attitude. I appreciate that you're a musician who wants to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you're smart. I mean, when you sit here and recognize the fact, too, that I get a little burned out and I'm going to take some time off, yeah. that's smart. Yeah. You know, smart, smart, smart. And then, uh, you know, and get fired up and, uh, and get back out and do it. In the meantime, yes. January 3rd, and I'll have it up on my picks and all that kind of thing. And uh, let's just uh, let's keep this conversation going. Please. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. For thank you. Thank you.
1: Virginia presents